a calm, beautiful podcast. We speak about the light, hold back truths to spare your feelings. We never rock the boat. No unfiltered opinions here. Ah, no. You're listening to Unfiltered. Unfiltered. If it's politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, and everything in between, we shoot you straight through the eyes with the truth. Streaming to six continents from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and West Hollywood, California. Sponsored by the Stutzman Group. We're real. We're raw. We are unfiltered. This is Bobby and Luke. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the last episode of 2020. Luke, we will be starting season two this Saturday. It is December 29th, and we've got a ton to discuss. Yeah, lots to wrap up for the year, and uh, of course, some uh, trending, you know, hot trending topics that are literally happening as we are recording. Washington Post just sent across the ticker that, surprise, surprise, Mitch McConnell, the Grinch who stole Christmas and everything else from America, has blocked uh, the, blocked even an up-down vote on the uh, increased stimulus to 2000 from 600 to 2000 uh, undoubtedly in an attempt to block his, um, you know, or in an attempt to shield his uh, members of his caucus that like to play like their fiscal hawks, like Ted Cruz, that piece of shit, and especially <laughs> his vulnerable uh, senators that are up for re-election in 2022. He doesn't want them to have to go on record uh, voting against additional money uh, for uh, direct payments to Americans because they'd rather spend that money on, uh, you know, cutbacks to corporate tax rates and and things of that nature. Um, but uh, this plays right in, you know, even though uh, Loeffler and Purdue went on record this morning as saying they would vote in favor of the two thousand uh, dollar stimulus checks. All right. our good friends, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, have to do is say, well, look, even if Purdue and Loeffler say that they would vote for it, if you leave this asshole, if you leave them in, in, in their seats, this asshole stays in charge. And so that means that you get nothing. That means that there's no additional support coming. Make this $600 check last as long as it can. If you're unemployed, make these uh, three, I believe, three more months of uh, additional benefits $300 a week instead of $600 a week. So right. half of what they were getting originally. Make all that last because if Mitch McConnell, like mark my words, if Mitch McConnell stays the majority rep or the majority leader in the Senate, there will be not another dime spent on COVID relief and not another dime spent on relief, at least directly to small businesses um, and individual Americans that need that money. They will undoubtedly try and pressure uh, a newly uh, a newly inaugurated Joe Biden into some kind of bullshit bill stimulus package. That's all just a bunch of fucking corporate tax uh, tax breaks and whatnot. So very, very important. We are how many days away? I think 
exactly uh, one week, right, Bobby? Yeah, from the Georgia runoffs. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I was just in here thinking, you know, how is this going to affect, you know, this race? I mean, $600 does not go far when you got to pay rent and put food on the table. Right. And, you know, they were saying, you know, Trump wanted in, in, in the House approved $2,000 a person or $4,000 a family. And now, you know, based on the numbers, depending on how much you make and everything, it's $600 a person for a total of $2,400 for a family of four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost cut in half. And, you know, some of these people are behind on their rent several months and it's just not a lot of money. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a lot of money. And we'll get into it more when we, when we talk about the, the package and Trump's insidious uh, timing of when he signed this package. But uh, I will say this. We have, yes, Bobby, seven days to go until these runoffs. Yep. VoteSaveAmerica.com vote save america.com you can sign up for a shift to do uh you can do call phone banking you can do text banking if talking on the phone isn't your uh isn't your uh you know thing and they still could use your money as well if you have anything left kicking around uh you know even ten dollars helps them a long ways because the folks on the other side have uh mitch mcconnell's super pack and the you know corporate money machine funding them and uh, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff uh, showing the kind of men that they are are still running largely on the backs of um, of grassroots donations. So Correct. any Correct. any help you can give to these two men, this is our last hope for us to not only do anything about you know COVID, okay, and about the economy, but for any of the things that any of the reasons why you might have voted for Joe Biden or any of the reasons why you might have voted for a Democrat in general, none of those things can get done if Mitch McConnell still controls the Senate. Correct. Correct. And Luke, I've got to say, regardless of the outcome, regardless of what happens next Tuesday, what a gift Stacey Abrams is to the Democratic Party. I mean, she is just a fantastic leader that has, you know, truly ignited something, not just in Georgia, but across the South South, and all around the country. And I am just just super excited to see where her career takes her and what we are able to accomplish with her leadership. You you know, because I just, you know, she was been on a lot of programs this week, um, just, you know, talking about. There were 65,000 Georgians that did not vote, you know, during the election and they want to tap into that. And, you know, just imagine, you know, imagine if all that energy and effort and was on the other side. I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about a runoff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And in Georgia is, you know, interesting in the fact that they have this kind of a scenario where they don't really have primaries for the Senate. They let whoever wants to run can run in the in in the general. And if none of those candidates get to 50%, then it's followed up with a runoff with the top two vote getters. And this one is winner take all. It doesn't matter if they get to 50% or not. Whoever's right. got the most votes at the end of the day um, 
I will also warn on this. They are already saying that we will, it, it's just so, guys, it's so close of a race. It is neck and neck, razor thin margins in the polls, well within the margin of error. It is neck and neck. So most likely we will not have winners on Tuesday night. Uh, Georgia did not certify, or excuse me, Georgia did not uh, uh, go on record, or Georgia was not called, rather, until I think it was Saturday. They were one right. of the last two that got called uh, for Biden, and that's why we had, you know, the, the win on, on Saturday. So just hold tight. You know, honestly, there's probably going to be a lot less mail-in voting because of the fact that, you know, it's a runoff and it was a tight window. And to Bobby's point, we already know that there's been a tremendous amount of early voting, which is yep. a very good sign for for our guys. So uh, just yeah, I can't I can't say it enough. VoteSaveAmerica.com. If you have any time or any money on your hands between now and Christmas, give an hour. Give you know what? Give ten bucks. Give whatever you can give to these guys. Because they are they're our best hope, our only hope, really, for being able to do anything productive in 2021. Correct. Correct. Additional topics that we've got on the slate, Walmart and the opioid crisis. I've got my personal feelings, having worked in retail for over 20 years. Uh, it, you know, it looks like the the government is 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 suing a number of large pharmacy retailers, including Walmart, CVS, Walgreens. And, uh, but which, which is kind of funny because these same, you know, brands are what's going to get, you know, the American public inoculated the quickest. So, uh, you know, on Correct. one hand there are saviors, but then on the other hand, the government needs to point a finger. So, you know, we'll be talking about that. And yes, we'll be talking about the 10-year-old story uh, titled Balloon Boy. Uh, Governor Polis here in Colorado has given that family a pardon. So we'll discuss what happened, how it happened, and you know, we'll kind of touch on that. Uh, we're also going to touch on why the GOP is going along with Trump's election fraud farce still today. And then, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, heartwarming story of, of a Denver woman, a woman known as, uh, well, what, Queer Santa, correct, Luke? Queer, queer, queer Santa, yeah. Queer Santa terrific, here in Denver. Terrific story, yeah. A lot of Colorado on the episode today. But Ab and we're also going to talk some tech. We're going to talk. Yep, absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit of 5G, which kind of kind of squares back to the possible motive we're hearing yeah. about the nashville bomber weird we'll connection yeah 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 very curious and, question and for you Bobby. Another chat. we're gonna we're gonna discuss <laughs> also media streaming from your home how to improve that and but we'll get into everything on the other side let's do it welcome ladies and gentlemen this is smart oh gives a fuck from 93 
Okay, Luke, we've got a lot of meat on the bone. Where do we want to start? Well, I want to just quickly touch on, um, you know, we, we mentioned it in the intro. It does look, unfortunately, like uh, the, the checks are going to be stuck at $600, which, as you mentioned, is pretty much, you know, it, it is half of what we got for an individual, uh, a, a little bit, uh, you know, not quite, a, a little bit. I think more than half for a family of four um, and uh, you know, the people that are on unemployment. Now this is where, you know, I want to talk to you about, you know, lots of people like to call Trump a sociopath um, and <laughs> you would now to be a sociopath, you know, for this to be truly sociopathic thinking, you know, he would have to have had some forethought. I don't know if it was him, but I'm sure Stephen Miller are one of those fucking ghouls that work for him was in his ear and told him that, you know, don't sign the bill on Saturday, sign it on Sunday. And why does that, why is that important? It's because all of these federal programs all of the, uh, not just the unemployment addition, the boost, as they call it, the additional unemployment money, but more importantly, programs like uh, Paycheck Protection Program and the uh, PUA, uh, pan, uh, Pandemic uh, Unemployment uh, Assistance, okay? That was the one that was for people who were not, working in a traditional W-2 type of job when the pandemic hit. The PUA helped people that were freelancers, uh, your, your musicians of the world, your artists of the world, uh, your people that make uh, their living by, you know, all sorts of different, you know, basically freelancers, any, you know, any right. of the people. Right. You know, kind of like the on. gig economy, correct? The gig economy, the gig economy. Yeah. The people that if you've ever gone on Fiverr to, to get a project uh, done, any of those folks, any of those right. folks that, that at the end of the year, they get what's called a 1099 form as opposed to a W-2. Right. Those people are not covered by traditional unemployment. Okay. So those people had to apply for the PUA. That program also expired. It will expire because Trump signed the bill on Sunday instead of Monday or instead of Saturday. And the reason why that is is states have to get the money from the government ahead of time before they can give it to people. So right. when these programs expire on the 31st, they needed at least the week before, which would have been Saturday, the 26th, to make sure these payments automatically continued to flow to states. Because Trump waited for Sunday to sign it, there will not be additional money from the, the federal government to give to states to, you know, therefore fund these programs. And so now we have to wait, possibly Mnuchin is saying it could be weeks before, you know, we could be well into January before these programs get started back up again. So million, because of Trump's fucking insane timing, millions of Americans are now going to have a gap in their coverage. Yes, there will be additional coverage coming. There's additional help coming, but there's going to be at least a two to three week gap. And that is important to keep in mind because lots of 
other programs like the rent moratorium are expiring as well. Right. And if you don't think that landlords are coming for their back rent as soon as they possibly can, you're you you don't know the country that we live in. So it's 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 creating a problem that is almost like a it was already a kick in the pants to people that are suffering the amount of reduction in these uh the amount of reduction in these programs, but it's a double kick in the pants because now it's a, ah, 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 you're going to have to wait a little bit for these scraps. We're going to throw to you. Right. And what's just been fucking mind blown to me, Luke, is that president Trump and even his task force have, mm-hmm. have really been on the sideline through this whole pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had meetings and yeah, they had conferences and televised conferences and shit. But at the end of the day, the states were the ones responsible essentially for everybody in their own state. It's been a free for all since it started. Right. You know, all Trump had to do, if he didn't want to be that leader, which obviously he isn't, Mm -hmm. all he had to do was keep the money flowing to the states because every state governor had a, basically a technology and, you know, all these task forces that were assembled early on late February uh, uh, March and, mm-hmm. you know, from, from technology task task force to, you know, people that were ordering and buying all the PPE and everything, all they had to do essentially if, you know, cause they took the leadership role and said, okay, we can manage all this shit. We just need the money. And yeah, and they can't even keep the fucking money flowing. Just keep keep the funding flowing. That was it. That's all the federal government had to do. And again, it cannot be said enough that we've had a second CARES Act that was passed by the by Pelosi in the House in place since May. You right. know, it didn't it did not have to be this way. Uh, it is this way simply because Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump for whatever their reasons are, did not, you know, they, they, this is the outcome they wanted. And sadly, you know, this is the outcome they're getting. Uh, And if I can just quickly interject, so I can just clear up a little bit of misconception uh, around this bill that I, that I've been seeing around the old Facebook, Twitter, (laughs) blah, 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 fake world uh, uh, environment. Okay, if I see one more meme that says something like, if I see, you know, I don't support any money being sent overseas until all Americans are taken care of. Okay, well, look, and this also goes to some of Trump's flat out lies about the bill as well. The COVID relief package was attached to a government spending bill. The government spending bill is what keeps the government from shutting down because it funds all government programs, not just the domestic programs, it funds the the foreign uh, programs as well, including our military, right? right? Right. So when you see something in the bill, which yes, there was, you know, $150 million being sent to Pakistan for quote unquote gender studies, what that actually is, is a program that the United States runs in Pakistan to work for equal rights for women in that country. 
That is a program that the United States has ran for years. It is a program that is just refunded every time that a government spending bill comes up. And that's why it was in this package. It is not Democrats trying to, you know, oh, look at Chuck and Nancy just wanting to give her money away to the foreigners before they take care of Americans. No, please do your research. Please be smarter than that. That is not what that was. That was simply a funding of a program that has been in place under the Trump administration, you know, started all the way back under the Bush administration, I believe, post 9-11. So get your facts straight before you start posting some bullshit because I don't want to see it. And please read Joe Biden's tax policy. Everybody posting that because Biden's taken over on January 20th, everybody's taxes are going up is simply not true. So those that keep copying, pasting shit from QAnon and all that, just (laughs) go to the website, spend the time, read his fucking tax bill, and you'll be set with actual facts. Yeah. Yeah. Please. I that I because n- they just no more to really, add to that except really for that ignorant and stupid every day when they just simply copy and paste shit that yeah. isn't isn't even remotely true. Yeah. So speaking of uh, the interweb, might as well stay there because uh, we're not going to talk a lot about COVID today, but we are going to talk about it some. Uh, it's bad, guys. It's really, really, really bad. You know, you got Anthony Fauci on TV, uh, basically just, you know, looking like a broken shell of a man because it's the numbers are really difficult. Um, I was telling Bobby that, you know, there was a story in the L.A. Times this morning about uh, traffic through LAX, our Los Angeles International Airport. It was well down from its normal uh, number for the holiday week, for the Christmas week, but still over 3 million people traveled through LAX over the past uh, over the past seven days. And we're not fully done with the travel season yet either. It doesn't really wrap up until post New Year. Um, and, you know, that that, you know, I've already talked about how, you know, Josh and I, you know, long ago canceled our plans to fly and be with family this this year and whatnot. It just wasn't the right thing to do. Um, but, you know, the other thing that I'm seeing that really concerns me it hits a little bit closer to home is, you know, scrolling through my Facebook feed and still seeing big family gatherings that, you know, full good and well, these people do not all live in the same household because it's several, you know, from the post that it's several different households have gathered together and, you know, there's so-and-so hugging, you know, 80 something year old grandma, no masks on, they're all up on top of each other. Yep. And I just, Bobby, where is, the responsibility. How how are we getting out of this without without some level of personal responsibility? People feel like they are an exception because they feel entitled. Maybe it's because yeah. they have the money to travel. Maybe it's because they're they don't wear masks and they don't really give a shit. They're not going to get infected. But time, you know, we've got enough analytics and data now, right? Uh, yeah. You know, to to I mean, I'm really surprised. Right. So people flying in from from Europe are now required to show a a negative covid test 
taken within 72 hours of their flight flying from Europe, say the UK, to the United States. Well, why in the fuck haven't the airlines required this for everybody in the United States? Yeah. Why? Yep. You know? Yeah, we understand they want to make money and they need to make money. And, you know, they've gotten billions, you know, to kind of keep going and everything. But if you're going to have a standard for, you know, COVID has, you know, now mutated, they say 12 to 15 times. And it's going to keep mutating until, you know, it's gone. But, you know, we've we've got different standards. You know, why do we still have states not reporting accurate numbers? on their COVID infections, hospitalizations, and deaths, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I take, you know, and we were told this back in March when we were working with several government agencies is that it was not being properly tracked. Then it is not being properly tracked. Now I honestly believe hospitalizations and the deaths are higher than what's being reported and, and also the infections. So, you know, it's not going to affect people, Luke, until it happens to them. It affects them. It's their grandma, yeah. their mom, their dad, their brother, their sister, their kids, you know? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. and that's kind of where we're at. People, you know, people yeah. traveled after weeks and weeks and weeks of being told not to. Correct. Correct. And I understand it's the holidays, you know, you have your family traditions and whatnot. But again, I cannot say this enough. Well, if, if now come next year because of your behavior, somebody is missing from that group, isn't that going to feel worse than maybe missing that tradition this year? Right. It, it is. It's just. It's. It's mind-boggling. And you know, here in LA, we're still at zero capacity in our ICUs. We're full up. Um, you know, we are. They. You know. They announced that we will be continuing on lockdown here in LA for the foreseeable future, um, because our our mark was that nothing can start reopening again until we have at least fifteen percent uh, capacity, open capacity, um, in our ICUs. Fifteen percent—that means that eighty-five percent would still be full. And people and, have to realize we can't get there. Their behavior is directly reflects businesses being shut down. Correct. Correct. All of the, you know, and now, you know, all of the, the, the small shops, you know, the, the barbershops, the salons, the nail salons, um, uh, the, the restaurants. Oh my God, the restaurants. Like again, we are still no outdoor dining right now, no outdoor dining, wow. you know, and you know, that doesn't even get into, you know, as we now start to get through the winter and get into spring, remember here in LA, Spring comes a little earlier for us. Um, and so that's the time of year when venues like the Hollywood Bowl and Dodger Stadium and, oh, I don't know, Disney World and Universal Studios and all of these places that are huge employers for this part of the country, huge employers, are still not going to be open. They're still not going to be open. Why? Because we cannot get the infection rate down to the right. point that we have a measly 15% of beds available in our ICUs. It's it's heartbreaking. It's really right. heartbreaking. Right. And you then know, you consider, you know, the new strain that Fauci said over the weekend, 
He mm -hmm. highly, you know, anticipates that the new strain is already here. And they're saying yeah. it's anywhere yeah. from 50 to 90% more infectious than the previous strain. Now, how does that play into everything? What's the numbers going to be? You know, we said on several podcasts now that yeah. the month of January, the end towards the end of January was going to be a bloodbath. And mm -hmm. this is, you know, I believe because of behavior, right? We've got plenty of analytics and data to 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 say that it's it's going to be a lot longer than just the end of January. It's going to run into February and oh, March. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you know, Operation Warp Speed, they promised to have 20 million people inoculated by the end of this year. Right now, that number as of yesterday was roughly almost 2 million. So 10% yeah. of what they wanted. Yeah, I have I have even had, uh, shame to say it, but I've even had friends that are pretty, pretty close with and that I, I consider pretty intelligent people say, Ah, oh, come on! The vaccine's here. It's right around the corner. We're 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 gonna be okay. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. If we keep doing what we've been doing, you know, and 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 stay inside as much as possible, and you know, continue to wear our masks and wash our hands and socially distance, and you know, all of the things that we're supposed to be doing, we have to keep going we have right. to keep going even with the vaccine you just don't know you don't know if you're going to get your vaccine in in march or april may heck maybe even june you don't know you yeah. just don't know yeah. so and i well, still see rate, God. Just on the numbers luke at this rate we're you know the general public we're looking at august september yeah yeah yeah. And then on top of that, I still see people on Facebook saying, nah, I don't think I need the vaccine. I, I never get my flu shot and I never get the flu. So I don't think I need this vaccine. I mean, that is just the most piss poor logic that right. I have ever heard in my entire life. It, it's well, you folks. know, and I think critical thinking has been void in a lot of people for for i mean since this started you know we've got mm -hmm. people that have you know have refused to wear masks from the very beginning you know they've lost their job and that adds you know even more flair you know boils them up inside and says well this isn't right you can't tell me to wear a mask it's against my rights i mean we've had all this bullshit, and if they mm -hmm. would just sit down and critically think the situation out Okay, if I wear my mask and I'm safe and I keep others safe, we're going to get through this a lot quicker. And it's not fucking rocket science. We've got a lot of countries yeah. out there that have done it and they've been maintaining very little new cases for months now. And then as soon as the governments, not just in this country, but say over in the UK, they you know open everything back up, then all of a sudden hospitals are full. People are, you know, are getting infected and then we got new strains and it's, you know, if people would just do what they're supposed to do, cut the bullshit, remove the politics, look, look at the facts and just yeah. wear a fucking mask when they go out and they come back yeah. and they, they wash their hands and they're not around a bunch of folks. We would be, you know, Fauci has said from day one less than 5,000 new infections a day is, has been the goal 
since the end of March. And we're now in the, you know, 200,000s a day. Yep. 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 You know, we, we, we talk about, you know, nationally, two people die every minute. You know, here in LA alone, we are up to a death about every eight minutes. It is, um, if you haven't accepted that this is a serious, serious disease at this point, I, I don't, I, I don't know what more you, you're not, you're not reading the right information. And I doubt a whole lot of listeners of this podcast fall into that category, but if you do, please, please think twice. I mean, thank God we're through the major holidays, but here comes new year's Eve. Yep. What, you know, what, sh what is that shit show going to look like? Yep. <laughs> Just people doing the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, traditional kiss at midnight. <laughs> I, I, God, I mean, it just, it's, it's bad folks. It's bad. Um, just, yeah. Listen, listen to the facts, you know, put politics aside, listen to the facts. Let's get through this as, as a nation. So no, no, Bobby, there's another, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to get back to technology, but while we're on the, on the subject of national health crises, Mm -hmm. uh, we've already talked about it briefly, uh, but you know we have an opioid problem in this country. Yep. We have known that we have an opioid problem in this country for many years, yep. yet uh, you can still get prescribed opioids. And now the Justice Department, uh, after uh, reaching their settlement with Purdue Pharma, is now, as you mentioned in the intro, training their sites on the as close to the frontline workers as they've gotten which is the uh the pharmacy change the big guys the walmarts the walgreens the cvs's of the world right and they are in true government fashion looking for somebody to point that finger at saying no no you should have been better at verifying prescriptions and making sure that people were not being over prescribed so now walmart uh, it's Al, uh, we're coming after you. Right. Right. And, you know, but the, you know, the case is after working in retail and I know their infrastructures and their policies and the regulations and the systems that they use, I mean, they are stringently reviewed on a regular basis. If, if Luke, if you were a doctor here in Colorado Springs and, there was a state official or even a county official that was, you know, reviewing you for overprescribing, right? And they suspended mm -hmm. your license. That mm -hmm. would automatically show up when patients of that doctor or that clinic showed up to fill a prescription. They would not fill it. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, the retail is far removed from where all the money's at, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if they really want to get to the root of the issue of the overprescribing and all the incentives and, you know, big pharma, a shit ton of money, you know, and it was, you know, with the whole Oxycontin thing, you know, they found out that, you know, they were incentivizing the doctors, even knowing that they were overprescribing with all the deaths and everything. 
you, you know, right. you need to follow the money at, at the root. And, you know, you've got these salespeople that are there to push their brand over everything else, whether, you know, given money, free samples, swag, you know, and, and, and they, they've got to work the process backwards. And, you know, the markup at the end of the day at a Walmart is nothing, right? Is nothing compared right, to right. where the drugs are coming from and everything mm-hmm. around, like, you know, say Pfizer, Right. Yeah. Pfizer's got drug reps all over the country, all over the world, pushing their brand yep. and their drugs. And, you know, and those sales reps make very good money. And then on top yeah. of it, the bonuses are very well for pushing their drugs. So yeah. I think they need to work the process backwards. And, you know, because the margins that they're making at retail are nothing compared to the, you know, thousand, two thousand percent markups from the drug manufacturers themselves. Yeah. And I was, Bobby, I was telling you before we started recording that growing up, you know, my mom was a a nurse and she was a nurse at Little Seward Memorial Hospital, which is not a, you know, huge medical system. (laughs) You know, it's a great hospital, but small. And, you know, even she, you know, pretty frequently would bring home pads of paper or pens or tote bags or hats or lanyards or whatnot, highlighters, you know, and they'd be branded with the different pharmaceuticals. And she'd always say, yep, you know, this rep or that rep was, you know, was in, uh, was in today. And they just, you know, we have so much of this crap at the hospital, you know, they tell us to take it home with us, you know, and, and that's how these pharmaceuticals get out or these brands get their name and their products out there is by going and, and, you know, doing what they have to do with these doctors and whatnot to get them, you know, to get them to prescribe their medication. Right. Um, you know, on the other hand, the, the, the one thing that I do question when it comes to the pharmacies and I am by no means pointing any blame at the true frontline workers, which are, uh, those, you know, those techs that are putting the, putting the, prescription into the system and whatnot, or even the pharmacists themselves. Right. Uh, what this most current uh, case is alleging is that Walmart, so these pharmacies all have a, a system in place, right? To detect right. Uh, phony prescriptions. Like if I, you know, want to write a, a, a prescription for John Doe and walk in with my fake prescription and my fake license, I can get that filled. But right. these pharmacies have systems in place to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, that, that, right. that these are screened out. Right. What the Justice Department is saying is that on numerous instances, uh, Walmart, higher ups at Walmart were warned um, that they were filling suspicious prescriptions and yet they failed to act on that information. What, what would you, what, what say you on that allegation, Bobby? Well, I would say they got to prove, right? If they can prove it, Right. Yeah. Because these guys yeah. are heavily, heavily, heavily regulated. And, you know, this crisis didn't, you know, become a crisis overnight. It was decades. And, you know, there's all kinds of reporting that gets sent back to various agencies, state and federal agencies on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. They mm-hmm. know exactly what's being sold, where it's being sold, and they can look up which doctor is doing the prescribing. So, you know, this has been, you know, a couple decades in the making. And now to come back and say, hey, although we've had all the analytics and the data 
to quickly make the assumption that doctors are overprescribing. And this could have easily been a situation where the government says, you know, you know, you can only prescribe to any given patient Oxycontin so many per week, month, you know, whatever the case is. And, you know, now there's, you know, prove it, prove it, you know, at the end of the day, prove it. And that, you know, and that may be what Walmart and CVS and Walgreens are going to make them do is, you know, we've tracked, you know, these, these fake prescriptions and here's a percentage, right? They've got it broken down by percentage of total scripts and, and what percentage the system picked up or picked out as being, being suspicious, and then if they've got additional data to bring to the court case and say, well, you show at this, you know, say, uh, you know, a market for Walmart, it's 15 Walmart supercenters. You only show a percentage of 0.001 that were considered suspicious, but we've got additional patient names or people that were trying to fill scripts that were fraudulent and, you know, prove it. And if they can prove it, then they've got a case. If it's just, you know, trying to point the finger and 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 get the buzz and right. make the, you know, the case for the blame game, because all these retailers have deep pockets and mm -hmm. they're not going to just sit back and let the government say whatever they want. When at the end of the day, like your Walgreens, you know, their revenue depends on the pharmacy. Yeah, they've got other shit in their, you know, in their brick and mortar locations. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, at the root of their business, they are a pharmacy. And right. they are very, you know, heavily funded. They've got a, you know, massive footprint across the country. So I think all these guys are going to say, okay, prove it. Where's your proof? You know, just like these last, you know, four years of Trump, you know, saying, okay, here's the facts, but I'm going to say X. Well, prove it. And I think that's what the case is going to come down to is the government, just like trying to sue Facebook and Google and everybody else so far there, there's been no proof. There's just been accusations. And, right. and I think this is going to be really no different. They need to come locked and loaded with evidence and facts. And if they can't prove it, then these guys need to be held accountable, you know, especially corporate. If, you know, if they know thousands of dollars or millions of dollars actually is, you know, being filled and, you know, money earned off of fraudulent prescriptions, but they have to prove it, Luke. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously there's going to have to be evidence laid to bear. And unfortunately, according to a Washington Post article that came out the day after Christmas, uh, you know, a lot of these trials will continue to be delayed due to covid um, but I want to put a coda on this by saying, you know, between May 2019 and May 2020, 81,000 Americans died of drug overdoses. That's according to the CDC report uh, that came out on December 17th. And that's any drug overdose. It's not just opioid overdoses, but, you know, it is, um, it is worth noting but what happens a lot of times to folks who get hooked on opioids and then no longer can get that prescription? So their doctor is doing the right thing or they lose their health coverage or whatnot. 
uh, they they turn to opioids' dirty cousin, which is heroin, and right. uh, that is uh, that is displayed in graphic detail in uh, the movie Hillbilly Elegy that uh, is out on Netflix right now. I think I might have mentioned it in a previous pod, uh, but that is Amy Adams' character. That is the arc that she goes on, and it shows you the devastating effects not just for the person themselves, but for the family involved. So, you know, somebody, we got to do something. It's another one of those situations, Bobby, where we've got to do something about it. Right now, it just seems like there's a lot of blame being passed around, but we need, we need action. And um, I hope that again, uh, Joe, you know, that, that, that opioid reform, uh, you know, as most major politicians have a platform for that, you know, that is something that is on Joe's radar. And hopefully we have the Senate because a lot of his plan has to do with holding these big pharmaceutical companies uh, accountable. But right. what we also know is that big pharma, their lobbying efforts are right up there with, with tobacco. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, people get addicted, you know, very quickly, right? Oxycontin, yeah. hydrocodone, you know, I've got a back problem. They give me 20, 20 uh, Oxycontin. And by the time that 20th pill is taken, you know, I need some more. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, so obviously there is stuff that we've got to do to, you know, move away from those type of painkillers. And maybe that's where, you know, kind of the marijuana industry is getting legalized, you know, in various states. And maybe that's kind of the, you know, the, uh, yeah, that that's a big, big part of the marijuana lobby is, is, you know, these, you know, these kind of cases in presenting these case studies where, you know, marijuana can be used as a relief in the place of something like an opioid, or even if say you do have a serious, serious accident or a surgery of some kind and you need, you know, that opioid to get started with, you can get off it that much faster with the aid of THC and CBD. So yeah. it's definitely, definitely something to watch in the new year as we have uh, new states that will be adding to the fold uh, with either legalized recreational or med um, medical medicinal uh, marijuana. So, right. So Bobby, another story I wanted to ask you about mainly because I, I just remember it and it was like out of nowhere that I saw this article and I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> so balloon boy, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Balloon boy it happened there in Colorado, right? About 10 years ago, right. we were all treated to uh, footage of this big silver balloon and right. led to believe that a young boy was in the basket that was attached to it. Right. And so the nation was glued to their TVs for, for however long the balloon was up, you know, worrying is this boy facing imminent death. Right. Uh, and the whole thing ended up being a, a gigantic hoax, basically. Right. And right. Uh, the parents were prosecuted and um, Governor Polis there, uh, decided, you know, they, they've they've been punished enough. We're gonna let this one go. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on this, Bobby? Well, so from what I remember is and and understand was this family was in fact on the reality show Wife Swap, 
Yep. Yeah. Reality TV career started. Well, after that concluded, they weren't getting pitches for additional work. They wanted to do additional reality TV. So the husband and wife came up with this, this idea of this hot air balloon stating, you know, that their son was in it and it was, you know, going to get all this attention that basically what they were wanting was the attention and come to find out the balloon obviously went up. Their kid was in the attic and, you know, this went on for, you know, days and military resources were used and local police department and state departments. And so that's kind of where they got into trouble was it became federal issue once military resources, the choppers, yeah, and the chop, the two military, yeah, the two yeah. military helicopters at, at a cost of about $14,500 in taxpayer money. That, yeah. That's when the feds were like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so at the end of the day, it's gone on, you know, they've been punished and Governor Polis said, all right, enough's enough. They've kind of served their time and he pardoned them on it. But that was kind of the whole route was, you know, the idea of just getting more media attention because yeah. they were actually up, I guess, at the time they put in for some additional reality TV shows yeah, and exactly. feedback from those producers was, well, what have you done lately? What media, you know, what story has been written about you lately. And they come up with this hot air balloon story and obviously was a hoax and it was made national news and everything. And that's kind of. Yeah. And I just want to point out, and this is the best, I think the best part of this story is that it was the kid whose name, by the way, is Falcon. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, He torpedoed the whole damn thing. (laughs) Went on Larry King live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It spilled the beans that it was all it was all done. His quote is, "You guys said saying this to his dad. You guys said that we did this for a show, right? Right. <laughs> so, yep. good job, Falcon. Good, good, good on you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly what you said. That Governor Pola said, "Hey, these guys have already paid the price in the political eye. You know, they've yeah. served served their sentences." It's time, uh, time for us to let these folks move on with their lives. So, fair, fair enough, Governor Polis. Fair enough. An unlikely ending from the very beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, that's what you've always said. Yeah. So let's get into some tech because I've got some questions on a couple. To my favorite topic. Yeah, I got a question on a couple of different topics. Now, first of all. You know, one fun, one not so fun. So let's get the not so fun one out of the way. Okay. Uh, as many people I'm sure heard uh, on Christmas Day, there was a devastating blast uh, in the downtown area of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, thankfully, uh, there were no deaths involved uh, because the uh, RV that was the bomb was broadcasting, telling people this is going to blow up, get away from the area, get away from the area. The man who planted the bomb apparently was inside of the RV, and it has now come to light that a possible motive, and this is just a possible motive, okay, so don't come after me. I know that we're still working through this case, okay, and I just thank God that nobody died. It was, yes, terrible damage to business, but 
it's coming out that he had a massive paranoia over 5G technology. And yeah. most likely the target of this bomb was a nearby AT&T building. Right. So <clears throat> Bobby, yeah. why are people paranoid about 5G technology? Well, it's just, it, you know, it's similar to when 3G came out, 4G came out, now 5G, you know, conspiracy theories, it's, it's mm -hmm. right in your brain, mm -hmm. you know, all this shit. And, and that's basically what I understand from the reporting on this gentleman is based on his activity on social media. He was big on posting and reposting conspiracy theories. So... Mm -hmm. That was kind of Alex Jones's kind of bit when it came to technology. Everything was 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 out to get you. It was monitoring you. It was cloning your DNA. It was tracking you and, and all this shit. But, you know, at the end of the day, what's beautiful about 5G technology is the pipe, right? Okay. So, you know, 4G, you know, for all intents and purposes on a good day, regardless of carrier, can can hit you know a hundred hundred and twenty megs maybe one fifty, um, but true five G. Now I say true because there's a most of the the networks today, regardless of what they advertise, are still utilizing mostly four G LTE, and mm. what they're doing is LTE. There's multiple bands, and so. Like Verizon may have three LTE bands. Well, one band by itself can hit 50 megs. Two bands together can hit 200 megs. But the, all three bands together, if you're in the right location within 20 miles from their tower, you can hit, you know, they can bump that up to 600 to a gig. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but 5G technology can do based on tests that I have personally seen um with the right infrastructure can hit 25 gigs a second wow. and the downfall of the 5g technology is that it does not like any interference of physical barriers doors uh walls uh you know anything that's a physical barrier so that's kind of why they've utilize the 4g space to boost the bands call it 5g it's not really 5g but when when the 5g comes out you're going to be able to get you know three five ten twenty gigs per second download but then as soon as you walk into a building unless there's repeaters in there it's 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 down to you know next to nothing and that's the opportunity mm. And, you know, but as far as the article with the Nashville bomber himself, um, I've seen a ton of studies and it's it's not melting brains. It's not, you know, doing any of the conspiracy theory um, conceptions of of what they think it can do or what it's doing to people's, you know, brains and thinking and cloning their DNA. I mean, I've read all kinds of, of stupid shit. Right. So you're saying that Alex Jones and his uh, QAnon buddies are not to be trusted on this particular one? No, they are not subject matter <laughs> experts. <laughs> Imagine that. Right. Well, and, and much more 
uh, fun news. And here we start to, uh, you know, get into a bit of the recap of the year. Uh, 2020, you know, we have reached peak internet, right? Yes. And uh, yesterday, the 28th, the Washington Post, re uh, you know, Consumer Tech Perspective, uh, that's the name of the article. 2020, we reached peak internet. Here's what worked. Here's what flopped. So of all of the technology that has become pretty much standard operating procedure, uh, up to including this uh, Google Meet meeting that we're on right now, uh, yes. the aforementioned Zoom, all of these things, telemedicine, streaming, hell, Instacart. You know what, Bobby, talk to us as a as a, as a leader in the space. You know what does post COVID, you know, look like? What what sticks? What changes? You know. Well, to me, from a uh, consumer perspective and a commercial perspective. COVID really provided transparency on just how oversold provider circuits were, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when we hit, when we started in, you know, March and April is when I started seeing outages with my clients, right? Fast food franchisees mm -hmm. all over the country were having outages, and well, in the, in, and then we talked to the provider and it's like, well, we got to light some more fiber. We got to get some more endpoints. We got too many, you know, but, you know, just so everybody understands cable internet was never meant for the commercial space. Mm. Cable internet was supposed to proceed DSL. So, you know, in the hierarchy of internet access, we had the 56K AOL. <laughs> bullshit yeah 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 and dsl came after that well dsl caps out usually about 25 megs and it's and it's really shitty well mm. the the next step was fiber and fiber even to this day is is still pretty expensive when you consider a gig of true fiber um you know, depending on location and if that company is getting incentives and grants and shit from a various state, you know, it could be 90% more for a gig of fiber on the commercial side than a gig of, of cable internet on the cable side. So, yeah. but then what they've, you know, what the cable providers have always done is they have always oversold the circuit. And what I mean is say uh, we've got 10 people on a gig circuit with 100 meg plans. Well, the cable provider knows that those 10 people are not going to be continuously using that gig every second of every day. And so they'll put, they started with doubling the circuit, putting 20 people, 20, you know, uh, 100 meg plans. And then they would do three times. They would oversell it three times and, and, and putting, say, 30 people. And then all of a sudden during COVID, when everybody's home, everybody's streaming, the, they hit max capacity and then some. So mm -hmm. I believe the FCC needs to step in and say, hey, you know, because going forward, you know, the whole dynamic of inner you know, internet use is, is changing. It's changed this year. It will continue to be, you know, consumed at a much higher rate, you mm -hmm. know, uh, cable internet providers, 
you you know you may have 50 megs today but in six months you're going to have a gig five gigs whatever the case mm -hmm. uh, you know but the fc need you know the fcc needs to step in and say hey for you know for performance purposes you know you can't oversell your circuit by more than twice by more than two times the usage that you've already given on that circuit you know mm -hmm. had, had that been in place you know all these students these millions of students that have had issues with connecting the wi-fi and you know uh people working from home connecting to their wi-fi or direct internet access you know the cable providers were really really exposed um during this pandemic by having to invest more resources laying additional fiber um you know installing more endpoints into neighborhoods so that they didn't have so many users off running off of one circuit and then i'll you know i'll also say when it comes to media streaming services they were also exposed right so when yeah. you log in you know you <clears throat> to netflix and you click a movie and for for the most part you know it runs but there's so many moving pieces you know, I get messages and emails from people saying, hey, I've got a gig circuit in my house, but yet when I turn on a streaming service, it sits there and spins. And that is the latency issues with a lot of these media platforms. Hmm. And they've done a better job in the last three months of basically spinning up uh, servers and data centers so that, you know, say us here in Colorado, we're not pulling from a data center in Austin, Texas or San Jose, California, when we've got a data center that we're now pulling from in Denver, right? So when mm -hmm. it comes to physics, the least amount of di distance between your end device and the data center is going to significantly improve that experience. But it, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, and I still say Apple needs to do a much better job with Apple TV because we've got a gig, you know, internet here at the house. I've got an Nvidia Shield Pro, and there's still a lot of shows that will sit there and spin until it finally loads. But for the most part, they've done a much better job spinning up hypervisors and getting their platforms and various data centers across the United States so that you don't have that spin and you have a much better experience. So those have been really the two things, you know, when when you <coughs> excuse me, when, when we first address an issue on the consumer side or commercial, the first thing we do is solve the bandwidth problem. And unfortunately, no matter how many circuits you would buy, you know, a lot of the uh, largest providers, your Comcast and, and um, you know, those type of players, they, they were completely exposed. And as of recently, because there's so so much consumption, Comcast has has announced nationally they're going to start putting data caps, which they already have. Right when net neutrality went away, most of the providers now said, "Okay, we're going to give you 50 megs for you know 50 megs, fifty dollars a month, but it's good for a terabyte of data. Over that, you've got to pay a ten ten dollars per gig." Well, hmm. net neutrality was in place, one price, unlimited data, but just, you know, I want our listeners to understand that these carriers still have unlimited plans. You just have to contact them. They will not give it to you automatically. So starting in January, a lot of Comcast subscribers will see 
you know, their price isn't going to change, but you're going to see that you've only got a terabyte of data. Well, we consume on a monthly basis anywhere from eight to 10 terabytes of data. And so at that, you know, we would pay, you know, thousands a month for that. But if you call them up and say, hey, I want to add unlimited, it's like an extra 20 or $25 a month, which is a lot better than 12 to $1,500 a month, consuming that much data at only a terabyte on your plan. So, and, and most of them provide unlimited. You just got to call and add the, it's, it's an extra cost. But hopefully, uh, Luke, with the uh, Biden administration, we get net neutrality back in place. Yes, and absolutely. Away we go. Yeah. So this is also why everybody who uses Google for anything, which is what everybody has been getting those emails about uh, how your storage will be changing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So everybody's, I mean, obviously the, the cloud apps have been, yeah. been hammered. Storage has been hammered. Bandwidth has been hammered. And now everybody is saying, okay, this is not going to change. We're going to capitalize on it. We're going to make a shit ton of money on it. And Google has said, okay, starting in May, this unlimited storage that we've had for the last basically eight, 10 years is going away. And they're, they're not the only one. So you really got to watch your plans. If, if you're uploading, say, these 20, 30-minute videos of your kids into Google Photos or Google Cloud, those that gigs that's multi gig is going to add up really quick and yeah. you know you're not going to have any storage so it's i mean it's just not the bandwidth that you know the providers are going to try to capitalize on it's all the the storage and the cloud apps as well all right something to stay aware of and we will help you stay on top of that as we get to 2021 uh, just to mention a couple of articles that I wanted to draw your attention to uh, as we, you know, think back on the major moments of 2021. Uh, on yesterday, excuse me, <clears throat> the the Washington Post published a wonderful story. Um, actually, this was published all the way back in October. But it's called "Born with Two Strikes." And it's how systematic racism shaped George Floyd's life and hobbled his ambition. It's kind of, you know, you know, it's a, it's a good look at his life leading up to the tragic events of this summer. And then what did come out just this past, I think yesterday, yeah, December 28th, was the New York Times, as they are wont to do, did a deep dive on the night that Breonna Taylor was killed. And it is a really deep look at the forensics of what happened that night and really calls into question why homicide was never even offered as an option uh, for the grand jury to consider in the Breonna Taylor case. So I would encourage you, if, you, if you're still interested, still have lingering questions about, about George Floyd, the man, his life, or what really happened the night Breonna Taylor was killed, I would uh, highly suggest checking those out. And I will post links to both, both of those on our Facebook. Now, the other major story that we are looking to wrap up in, da 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 22 days from today, that would be the inauguration of Joseph Biden. 
Okay. Uh, uh, eight days from today, we have the certification by the joint session of Congress in order to certify the vote, uh, certify the Electoral College. So hopefully that goes on without a hitch. Mm. But I did not want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> there have been, okay, so the, here's how this works, folks. Oh, by the way, I just saw uh, something come across the ticker here uh, that uh, Mitch McConnell apparently included in his in his notes that if uh, the incoming administration wants uh, more direct payments, they can uh, do that. You know, once Joe's in 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 office and uh, the new Congress is seated. <laughs> so he's saying that knowing full good and well that if he wins either of those Senate seats in Georgia, that he can and will be able to block that. So right, vote right. saveamerica.com FM. Because here's what happens, folks. This Sunday, so the first is on Friday. We have the second, and then on the third, the new Congress is seated. And then when uh, as soon as winners are declared in Georgia, uh, they can be seated uh, as soon as they can get their butts to Washington and be sworn in on the floor of the Senate. And so that's how quickly things work in our nation's capital. So literally the last day for this Congress is Thursday. So when Mitch McConnell says that, you know, there's more time to vote in this session, no, there's not. And then when he says that the next administration can certainly take this up, he knows what he's saying, okay? Something I also want to leave for us to, we'll dive into it come, uh, the, come 2021, but there's a very insidious reason why so many GOP uh, elected officials have been going along with Trump's whole sham, the election was stolen, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, the, the short of it is, is that this is putting the seeds of doubt into all of these things that people like Stacey Abrams and other Democratic organizations have put into place to enfranchise voters. Things like early voting, things like mail-in voting, um, <clears throat> things like requirements that uh, businesses give their people time off to vote. You know, all of these things that Trump is saying, the voting machines, all of these things that Trump is, is, is attacking, this gives, even though there's been zero, zero evidence shown, this gives Republican-held state houses across the country a, a foot in the door to bring up legislation that could roll back so many of these voter rights issues. Right. It's also another, it's also another reason why we have to get Raphael Warnock and, and John Holtz right. <clears throat> into office because we need to get the uh, John Lewis Voters Rights Act passed immediately and basically override the rollbacks that SCOTUS tried or SCOTUS uh, created when they struck down the Voting Rights Act in a decision last year. Right. So, well, that was a very uh, uh, information packed episode, <laughs> if you yeah, will. Yeah, and Luke, it was our last episode of season one. Uh, we will begin season two this Saturday. And yeah. just kind of looking through the different uh, episodes, we've had a lot of great guests. We uh, have. You know, TK Goldsmith, Megan Stenson, 
Beth Pohl, Liz Troyer. Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, our our friends, Jessica, from, uh, Jessica, Jessica Culterman, Daniel Robles, yeah. uh, Sheldon. Sheldon um, just excellent, uh, excellent advocates for for you know expanding student rights in Seward, Nebraska. So fantastic, Absolutely. fantastic. So if you would be so kind, Bobby and listeners. <laughs> I have a, a, a little a little piece that I want to to read uh, to close up uh, 2020. Uh, this piece was written by Dave Barry. He's an American author and columnist. He's been writing uh, basically syndicated humor columns since 1983. Uh, this particular piece, Dave Barry's Year in Review, was posted in many news outlets across the AP universe. Uh, I found it in this weekend's uh, copy of the Washington Post Sunday magazine. Uh, but it is Dave Barry's Year in Review. It is a very long piece, so I will give you a much condensed version. I encourage you, if you like what you hear, to look it up. But before I, I get into this, Bobby, I just want to thank you uh, for this opportunity to be on this podcast with you. And, uh, you know, I think we're creating something really special here. And I'm very excited to see where it goes in 2021. 2021. Oh, my goodness. I know. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> and of course, thank you to the Stutzman Group who has made all of this possible by being such a great sponsor. Yeah, thank and you. Luke, if you recall, I had this idea. I sponsored the domain name and had the idea before I even contacted you. Correct. So I was 100% in, and I was just hoping that you were too. <laughs> I, you know, it, it took me all of uh, maybe a second to be like, yep, right. yep, this is, this is something I want to do. This sounds fantastic. And it's been uh, such a great, great ride for these first 15 episodes. And uh, can't wait. Can't wait for Absolutely. 2021. <laughs> all right. So the high note is yours. All right. Without any further ado, Dave Barry's. 2020. We sincerely do not want to relive this year. However, if you wish for some sick reason to re-experience 2020, now is the time to put your face mask on, douse your entire body with hand sanitizer, and then just to be safe, throw on that hazmat suit as well as we look back on the unrelenting insanity of this hideous year, which started so calmly in January which begins with us gripped by the historic drama of the impeachment of Donald Trump. Remember that? Remember how gripped we were? Remember how long it took Nancy Pelosi to send the impeachment to the Senate? Remember how Mitch, the undertaker McConnell said that it would get a fair and full consideration? Ha. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, in political news, all eyes were on Iowa as it prepared for its caucus. What we really wanted to note here is that the Iowa Democratic Party was so excited to announce that it had updated its old-fashioned manual reporting to a state-of-the-art app. Apparently, and unfortunately, this app was based on the same software used in the Boeing 737 MAX airliner. Mm. Too dark? 
too dark? Mm. Okay. Mm. In international news, <laughs> the big the big story is a drone strike which kills Iranian military leader Qasem Soleimani. And therefore, Iran responds by shooting down a Ukrainian airliner. Right then and there, this should have been an indication of what kind of year it would be. Because shortly thereafter in China, news media reports that a man in a city named Wuhan died of a mysterious virus. This is not considered, though, a big deal in the United States, as it had nothing to do with either impeachment or the Iowa caucuses. Right. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in sports, baseball is rocked by a scandal with the release of a report concluding that the Houston Astros engaged in an elaborate multi-year cheating scheme. Mm. Major League Baseball, uh, Major League Baseball reacted by allowing the players to continue playing for large amounts of money. In February, the world was shocked as the GOP Senate acquitted President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> In the midst of this impeachment drama, if you remember, Trump delivered the State of the Union. During the State of the Union, the following things occurred. Speaker Pelosi refused to use the traditional high privilege and distinct honor introduction. And then Trump refused to shake Nancy Pelosi's hand and then Nancy Pelosi tore up a copy of Trump's speech on live TV. Right. I Donald, remember that. <laughs> Donald Trump responded by hawking a loogie at Nancy Pelosi. Only one of, <laughs> only one of these things did not happen. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Iowa, the Democratic Party senses that there is a problem with their new app when it declares the winner of the state's caucuses was the Houston Astros. The fiasco does not sit well with Democratic presidential candidates who realize that they have now wasted an entire year trudging around Iowa, eating fried objects on sticks and pretending to care about Iowans. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Ah, uh, lucky to have skipped all of that Iowa nonsense. Mike Bloomberg joins the race. Remember him? He struggled mightily in the debates. The low point coming when Elizabeth Warren, during a heated exchange about non-disclosure arguments, pulled the waistband of Bloomberg's underpants over the top of his head. Yes. <laughs> if yes. only. If only. <laughs> she did it verbally. I'll say that. Right. Yeah. Despite all of this going on, the number one concern in the most hotly debated topic in America is, is it okay or not to recline your seat in an airplane? Remember that one? Uh, <laughs> Remember those good times? 2020, yep. it's just even up to be another election year. No big deal. You know, uh, political dramas that the rest of uh, America completely ignores because we need to debate whether it's okay if somebody reclines their seat and then you start hitting it violently, you know, because that's normal behavior for humans. Right. Well, then we dive into Marpril, M-A-R-P-R-I-L. Which starts off calmly enough with the DNC desperate to find an alternative to 132-year-old white guy Bernie Sanders and therefore settles on 134-year-old white guy Joe Biden, who then hmm. cruises to a series of primary victories, thus claiming the, uh, <laughs> the expected nomination. 
And then sprinkled in amongst all this political coverage, we start seeing reports that this coronavirus thing might be worse than we have been led to believe. Although at first, if you remember, officials on TV were telling Americans that it's basically the flu and there's no reason to panic. There is one case, one case in the United States currently, declared Trump, and it will be gone soon. But all of a sudden, there seems to be no hand sanitizer anywhere. And then there's no toilet paper. Right. And then we learn out that Tom Hanks, not Tom Hanks, he has the virus as well. And then all of a sudden people are saying, oh, it is a lot worse than the flu and we need to wash our hands and not touch our faces. Mm -hmm. Maintain a social distance of six feet and use an abundance of caution in order to, what is this? Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. But they're also saying that we don't need face masks. Oh, but wait a minute. Now they're saying that we do need face masks, but nobody has face masks anywhere. Luckily, there are dozens of videos suddenly on YouTube showing you how to turn basic household items into a face mask. <laughs> Then all of a sudden, the statistical disease models start coming out, and everybody thinks that we're going to die. But then Trump says that maybe this hydroxychlora something or another will work, but then no, it won't. But then yes, it will. But then Dr. Fauci and Doc Dr. Burke say that it's not right. But then Trump says that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks are not right. And oh my God, we are going to die, and there is still no toilet paper. Suddenly, then there's also shortages of PPE and N95 masks and ventilators. And oh my God, what's a ventilator? What's PPP? What's PPE? What's what's an N95 mask? Right. I can't stop touching my face because I have to wear this damn mask. Sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, the NBA is canceled. And then, oh my God, did they really cancel March Madness? And now we have to stay at home for how long? Oh my God, why is there no toilet paper? Oh my God, we're all going to die. And But what's the point of living if you can't have toilet paper? All of these things, all of these things. And really the biggest question is, did or did not Carol Baskin actually feed her husband to a tiger? <laughs> I think she did. I think she did as well. Then there's debate, the debate between vaccine versus herd immunity, herd immunity. What the hell is that? What does the new normal look is going to look like? Then Trump goes on TV and says to shine a light up your butthole while you inject yourself with Clorox. Oh my God, <laughs> do not inject yourself with Clorox. And suddenly it's May. We are, as a nation, exhausted, but at least we're starting to realize that our common humanity is more important than our political differences. <laughs> Say, no, 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 seriously. We hate each other more than ever. We disagree about everything, when to reopen the economy, whether or not to wear masks, whether or not to go to the beach, and whether or not it's okay to say China. There is no nuance, no open-mindedness, no discussion. On the other hand, there is toilet paper. Oh yeah, Elon Musk also finally got his damn rocket into space with people on board. <laughs> Here we should at least mention that there was the arrival of the murder hornets. In any other year, this would have been a huge story, but in 2020, there is simply too much competition and the murder hornets are quickly forgotten. Right. Towards the end of the month, the economy is starting to open up the virus numbers in many places seem to be improving and people are starting to venture out of their homes. For a few minutes, the nation seems to be groping its way inch by inch 
towards a relative calm. And then, wham. The nation watches in horror as George Floyd calls out for his mother while being murdered by the Minneapolis Police Department. Protest movements around racial injustice are not new, but this one seems different, and suddenly we're in June. The protest movement grows in size and passion with frankly not a whole lot of social distancing going on, but it's a protest. In Washington, D.C., large crowds gather in front of the White House. President Trump, angered by reports that at one point he retreated to an undercover bunker or under underground bunker, states that he was merely inspecting the bunker. And to demonstrate the kind of leader that he is and that he would never hide in bunkers, he courageously goes outside after having his Justice Department tear gas peaceful protesters so he can take an awkward photo in front of historic St. John's Church where he proceeds to hold up a Bible up upside down. down. <laughs> for their part, for their part, many Democrats support a new mantra, defund the police, while many other Democrats insist that this does not mean that they want to literally take money away from police. Remember that high, high wire? Absolutely. <laughs> Meanwhile, across the South, COVID-19s are rising. Nevertheless, Trump heads down to Tulsa, where addressing an issue uh, where he begins to address a concern of all Americans to a mostly empty arena. Thank you, TikTok teens. He explains in detail that the ramp he had to walk down at the U.S. Military Academy graduation ceremony was slippery and steep. As Major League Baseball starts their season, the Astros simply steal the trophy and run away to Mexico. <laughs> it's July. On July 4th, despite all the bad news and the gloomy outlook, Americans pause to celebrate the independence of their nation by reducing their entire neighborhood to smoking rubble with illegal fireworks. Remember all the illegal fireworks this summer? Mm -hmm. yep. Meanwhile, in New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo, in one of his missteps from this pandemic, unveils a poster for sale that commemorates New York City or New York's pandemic experience. I'm not kidding. You can find it online. It's as if the White Star Line had sold whimsical souvenirs of the Titanic while the ship was sinking. Jeez. Meanwhile, back in politics, Kanye West announced that he was running for president. And in any other, in any other year, this would seem ridiculous. But in 2020, a lot of people are like, meh, why not? Why not? Uh, why not? On, on the diplomatic front, the Trump administration announces after high-level negotiations, it has reached a peace agreement with Portland, Oregon. Mm. And we are in August. President Trump escalates his attacks on TikTok, a Chinese-owned social media app that threatens our national security by causing millions of Americans to learn stupid dances while Chinese people continue to learn how to make useful products that they will then in turn sell to Americans. <laughs> That's pretty like good. I thought you'd like the tech one, yeah. <laughs> California, as it traditionally does this time of year, bursts into flames. At least something was reliable in 2020. In politics, controversy swirls around the U.S. Postal Service as there are suddenly reports of mailboxes mysteriously disappearing from the streets, which Democrats charge as part of a sinister Trump administration plot to sabotage mail-in vote, voting, the theory being that voters have no place to deposit their mail-in ballots, will give up with despair and say, oh, I don't know, just not vote. 
While this alleged conspiracy is being debated, Steve Bannon, a former, a former Trump aide, and get this, is arrested by, this cannot be a coincidence, agents of the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. Yep. Remember that one? That's not yep. In other developments, while pardoning Susan B. Anthony, Trump refers to her as a terrific person who he looks forward to inviting to the White House. Jeez. <laughs> Joe Biden, for his part, makes a history uh, history making nomination of by choosing Kamala Harris as his running mate. Trump responds by saying, no, 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 I'm not changing running mates. I'm very happy with what's his name over there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Both parties hold virtual conventions. That roll call at the DNC was pretty cool, where the Dems adopt a sweeping platform that no, not, no one will ever look at again. And the RNC say that their platform is, I'm, I'm quoting here, whatever was in the president's last tweet. Mm. That's a quote. September, the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg triggers a classic display of Washington-style ethical consistency as both political parties agree to wait until after the election to seat a new justice. Mm. Nah. Trump nominates Amy Coney Barrett to fill the seat, arguing that she is perfectly qualified and Mitch McConnell assures a speedy confirmation process. Meanwhile, in the New York Times, in a politically devastating must-be career-ending bombshell report, it reveals that an analysis of Trump's tax records show that pretty much his only success, the only time he has ever actually made any money and paid a whopping $750 in federal taxes has been when he was playing the part of a successful businessman on a TV show. <laughs> mm. on the heels of the report where Trump mocked the military in that one that he lied about the seriousness of the coronavirus, you would think that one of these things would have brought down Trump, but no, it simply brings the total number of bombshell reports about Trump to about 500. The biggest political event of the month is a much anticipated tripe Trump-Biden debate, which turned out to be a lively affair featuring a frank and open exchange of... Now, <clears throat> the pandemic is still the number one story, and it's October, and Trump has COVID. First, Trump's doctors say that he's completely fine. Then, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows says that he's not fine. Then, Trump goes on a series of antiviral drugs and steroids and takes a motor motorcade ride around the hospital to which his doctor said was a totally standard medical treatment that is not insanely irresponsible at all. Meanwhile, while the, Trump, while the virus continued to spread through the White House, Trump comes back saying that Trump, that coronavirus is no big deal for anyone who has a large team of doctors, 24-7 access to world-class medical facility, and a helicopter. Then, having learned an important lesson from his experience, the Trump, the Trump resumes holding massive rallies as Amy Coney Barrett is seated on the Supreme Court following massive parties at the White House. In other political news, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris square off in a debate where the only thing anybody remembers about 10 minutes later is that there was a fly on Mike Pence's head. <laughs> All right, folks, we're almost there. It's November. It's Saturday. 
when the news media calls the election for Biden. Trump accepts the defeat with the calm, mature grace and dignity that have become his trademark. Mm. <laughs> no, in reality, Trump claims that he won the election by a lot and it's being sto stolen from him via a vast, sophisticated, malignant and purely hypothetical vote fraud scheme. He announces to the world that his crack legal team, headed by former normal person Rudy Rudy Giuliani, who will preside over the future scholars of America with this event, decides to hold an event to discuss the voter fraud at the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia. Everyone assumes that the Four Seasons is the hotel, but in fact, it is a lawn and garden shop that is across the street from an adult bookstore. Boom. Um, Funny is that in the arts, Google record or Google World Records announces that the most watched video in 2020 is the baby shark dance. Mm. <laughs> Joe Biden fractures his foot playing with his dog. And as the month draws to a close, Americans celebrate Thanksgiving just as the pilgrims did by gathering with loved ones and neighbors for a communal meal, which will undoubtedly result in plague related deaths. A little dark there. But finally, it's December, which brings better news for the economy. The good news is that holiday retail is seeming strong. The bad news is that a large portion of this hol holiday retail are purchases of Four Seasons Total Landscaping t-shirts. Mm. The other hot holiday list item, and you'll appreciate this, Bobby, is the Sony PlayStation 5 gaming console which is nearly impossible to find in stores due to the fact that apparently it does not physically exist. We made a bunch of cool commercials for it, states a Sony marketed marketing executive, but as for an actual device, nah, you can just keep looking. <laughs> but keep faith in the economic outlook. It remains strong with the US economy being kept afloat by consumers making monthly payments to Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime Video, Disney Plus, CBS All Access, HBO Now, Peacock, HBO Max, and Quibi. Yeah, <laughs> forget about that last one there. <laughs> I can't believe we made it all the way through 15 episodes and never talked about Quibi. <laughs> Speaking of the arts, Rolling Stone magazine has declared the number one song of 2020 is. WAP, mm. something that is an abbreviation for something that we cannot publish in a family newspaper. But suffice to say that if any year deserved to have this declared its best song of the year, this would be the year. So alas, and because we're on unfiltered, yeah. wet ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Alas, there are two more days to go in 2020. You must be thinking what more could happen. That would be crazy. But, you know, it would it be as crazy as grown ass Americans fighting over toilet paper? We don't know what else will happen in the next two days, including if the next two days will even end. We're just hoping that it eventually does and that next year is nothing like it. In that spirit, I'll close with a wish we always offer at the end of this annual review. But all this year, uh, although this time, this year, it seems like more of a prayer. Happy New Year. You've been listening to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. Politics, tech, entertainment. 
global headlines. Real and raw. Real and raw. Finally, a podcast with real talk and no bullshit. We hope you enjoyed the show, but if we pissed you off, that's okay too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bobby and Luke. On Instagram at Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. And on LinkedIn at Unfiltered-with-Bobby-and-Luke. How many dashes do we need there, fellas? My God. Anyway, make sure to like, rate, and review. And of course, leave a comment. And check out the website at BobbyandLuke.com. This is Unfiltered, signing off.